Section 41, Part 5, Chapter 8 of Atlantis, The Antediluvian World by Ignatius Loyola Donnelly. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. Atlantis, the Antediluvian World by Ignatius Loyola Donnelly. Chapter 8 The Oldest Son of Noah. That eminent authority, Dr. Max Muller, says in his Lectures on the Science of Religion, quote, If we confine ourselves to the Asiatic continent with its important peninsula of Europe, we find that in the vast desert of drifting human speech, three and only three oases have been formed, in which, before the beginning of all history, language became permanent and traditional, assumed, in fact, a new character, a character totally different from the original character of the floating and constantly varying speech of human beings these three oases of language are known by the name of terranean aryan and semitic in these three centers more particularly in the aryan and semitic language ceased to be natural its growth was arrested and it became permanent solid petrified or if you like historical speech i have always maintained that this centralization and traditional conservation of language could only have been the result of religious and political influences and i now mean to show that we really have clear evidence of three independent settlements of religion the turanian the aryan and the semitic concomitantly with the three great settlements of language End quote there can be no doubt that the aryan and another branch which muller calls semitic but which may more properly be called hamitic radiated from noah it is a question yet to be decided whether the turanian or mongolian is also a branch of the noachic or atlantean stock to quote again from max muller quote, if it can only be proved that the religions of the aryan nations are united by the same bonds of a real relationship which have enabled us to treat their languages as so many varieties of the same type and so also of the semitic the field thus opened is vast enough and its careful clearing and cultivation will occupy several generations of scholars and this original relationship i believe can be proved names of the principal deities words also expressive of the most essential elements of religion such as prayer sacrifice altar spirit law and faith have been preserved among the aryan and among the semitic nations and these relics admit of one explanation only after that a comparative study of the turanian religions may be approached with better hope of success 
for that there was not only a primitive aryan and a primitive semitic religion but likewise a primitive terranean religion before each of these primeval races was broken up and became separated in language worship and national sentiment admits i believe of little doubt there was a period during which the ancestors of the semitic family had not yet been divided whether in language or in religion that period transcends the recollection of every one of the semitic races in the same way as neither hindus greeks nor romans have any recollection of the time when they spoke a common language and worshipped their father in heaven by a name that was as yet neither sanskrit nor greek nor latin but i do not hesitate to call this prehistoric period historical in the best sense of the word it was a real period because unless it was real all the realities of the semitic languages and the semitic religions such as we find them after their separation would be unintelligible hebrew syriac and arabic point to a common source as much as sanskrit greek and latin and unless we can bring ourselves to doubt that the hindus the greeks the romans and the teutons derive the worship of their principal deity from their common aryan sanctuary we shall not be able to deny that there was likewise a primitive religion of the whole semitic race and that el the strong one in heaven was invoked by the ancestors of all the semitic races before there were babylonians in babylon phoenicians in sidon and tyrus before there were jews in mesopotamia or jerusalem the evidence of the semitic is the same as that of the aryan languages the conclusion cannot be different these three classes of religion are not to be mistaken as little as the three classes of language the turanian the semitic and the aryan they mark three events in the most ancient history of the world events which have determined the whole fate of the human race and of which we ourselves still feel the consequences in our language in our thoughts and in our religion End quote. we have seen that all the evidence points to the fact that this original seat of the phoenician hebrew family was in atlantis the great god of the so-called semites was el the strong one from whose name comes the biblical names bethel the house of god hael the strong one elohim the gods eloah god and from the same name is derived the arabian name of god allah another evidence of the connection between the greeks phoenicians hebrews and atlanteans is shown in the name of adonis the greeks tell us that adonis was the lover of aphrodite or venus who was the offspring of uranus quote, she came out of the sea end quote. uranus was the father of chronos and the grandfather of poseidon king of atlantis now we find adonai in the old testament used exclusively as the name of jehovah while among the phoenicians adonai was the supreme deity in both cases the root ad is probably a reminiscence of 
Adlantis. There seems to exist similar connections between the Egyptian and the Turanian mythology. The great god of Egypt was Nef or Num. The chief god of the Samoyedes is Num, and Max Muller established an identity between the Num of the Samoyedes and the god Yum Allah of the Finns, and probably the name of the god Nam of the Thebetians. That mysterious people, the Etruscans, who inhabited part of Italy, and whose bronze implements agreed exactly in style and workmanship with those which we think were derived from Atlantis, were, it is now claimed, a branch of the Turanian family. Quote, At a recent meeting of the English Philological Society, great interest was excited by a paper on Etruscan numerals by the Reverend Isaac Taylor. He stated that the long-sought key to the Etruscan language had at last been discovered. Two dice had been found in a tomb with their six faces marked with words instead of pips. He showed that these words were identical with the first six digits in the Altaic branch of the Turanian family of speech. Guided by this clue, it was easy to prove that the grammar and vocabulary of the 3,000 Etruscan inscriptions were also Altaic. The words denoting kindred, the pronouns, the conjugations, and the declensions corresponded closely to those of the Tartar tribes of Siberia. The Etruscan mythology proved to be exactly the same as that of the Kalevala, the great Finnic epic. End quote. According to Lenormand, Ancient History of the East, Volume 1, page 62, Volume 2, page 23, the early contests between the Aryans and the Turanians are represented in the Iranian traditions as, quote, contests between hostile brothers. The Ugro-Finnic races must, according to all appearances, be looked upon as a branch earlier detached than the others from the Japhetic stem. End quote. If it be true that the first branch originating from Atlantis was the Turanian, which includes the Chinese and Japanese, then we have derived from Atlantis all the building and metalworking races of men who have proved themselves capable of civilization, and we may therefore divide mankind into two great classes, those capable of civilization derived from Atlantis, and those essentially and at all times barbarian, who hold no blood relationship with the people of Atlantis. Humboldt is sure, quote, that some connection existed between ancient Ethiopia and the elevated plain of Central Asia, end quote. There were invasions which reached from the shores of Arabia into China. Quote, an Arabian sovereign, Shamar Yarrash, Abu Karib is described by Hamza, Nuwairi, and others as a powerful ruler and conqueror who carried his arms successfully far into Central Asia. He occupied Samarkand and invaded China. He erected an edifice at Samarkand bearing an inscription in Himyarite or Kushite characters, quote, In the name of God, Shamar Yarash, has erected this edifice to the sun, his lord. End quote. 
baldwin's prehistoric nations page one ten these invasions must have been prior to one thousand five hundred eighteen b c charles walcott brooks read a paper before the california academy of sciences in which he says quote, according to chinese annals taiko foki the great stranger king ruled the kingdom of china in pictures he is represented with two small horns like those associated with the representations of moses he and his successor are said to have introduced into china picture writing like that in use in central america at the time of the spanish conquest he taught the motions of the heavenly bodies and divided time into years and months he also introduced many other useful arts and sciences now there has been found at copan in central america a figure strikingly like the chinese symbol of foki with his two horns and in like manner there is a close resemblance between the central american and the chinese figures representing earth and heaven either one people learned from the other or both acquired these forms from a common source many physico-geographical facts favor the hypothesis that they were derived in very remote ages from america and that from china they passed to egypt chinese records say that the progenitors of the chinese race came from across the sea the two small horns of taiko foki and moses are probably a reminiscence of baal we find the horns of baal represented in the remains of the bronze age of europe bel sometimes wore a tiara with his bull's horns the tiara was the crown subsequently worn by the persian kings and it became in time the symbol of papal authority the atlanteans having domesticated cattle and discovered their vast importance to humanity associated the bull and cow with religious ideas as revealed in the oldest hymns of the aryans and the cow-headed idols of troy a representation of one of which is shown on the preceding page upon the head of their great god baal they placed the horns of the bull and these have descended in popular imagination to the spirit of evil of our day burns says o oh thou whatever title suit thee old horny satan nick or clutie is derived from the cleft hoof of a cow while the scotch name for a bull is bill a corruption probably of bell less than two hundred years ago it was customary to sacrifice a bull on the twenty fifth of august to the quote, god mori and his devilins on the island of innis mari scotland the past in the present page one sixty five the trident of poseidon has degenerated into the pitchfork of beelzebub and when we cross the atlantic we find in america the horns of baal reappearing in a singular manner the first cut on page four twenty nine represents an idol of the moqui of new mexico the head is very bull-like in the next figure we have a representation of the war-god of the dakotas with something like a trident in his hand 
while the next illustration is taken from Zarate's Peru and depicts quote, the god of a degrading worship. End quote. He is very much like the traditional conception of the European devil horns, pointed ears, wings, and poker. Compare this last figure from Peru with the representation on page 430 of a Greek siren, one of those cruel monsters who, according to Grecian mythology, sat in the midst of bones and blood, tempting men to ruin by their sweet music. Here we have the same bird-like legs and claws as in the Peruvian demon. Heron shows that a great overland commerce extended in ancient times between the Black Sea and Great Mongolia. He mentions a temple of the sun and a great caravanserai in the desert of Gobi. Arminius Vambery, in his travels in Central Asia, describes very important ruins near the eastern shore of the Caspian Sea at a place called Gumishtepe, and connected with these are the remains of a great wall which he followed quote, ten geographical miles. End quote. He found a vast aqueduct one hundred and fifty miles long extending to the persian mountains he reports abundant ruins in all that country extending even to china the early history of china indicates contact with a superior race Quote, fu he who is regarded as a demigod founded the chinese empire two thousand eight hundred fifty two b c he introduced cattle taught the people how to raise them and taught the art of writing american cyclopedia article china he might have invented his alphabet but he did not invent the cattle he must have got them from some nation who during many centuries of civilization had domesticated them and from what nation was he more likely to have obtained them than from the atlanteans whose colonies we have seen reached his borders and whose armies invaded his territory quote, he instituted the ceremony of marriage end quote. ibid this also was an importation from a civilized land quote, his successor shin nung during a reign of one hundred and forty years introduced agriculture and medical science the next emperor Huang Ti is believed to have invented weapons, wagons, ships, clocks, and musical instruments, and to have introduced coins, weights, and measures. End quote. Ibid. As these various inventions in all other countries have been the result of slow development running through many centuries, or are borrowed from some other more civilized people, it is certain that no emperor of China ever invented them all during a period of one hundred and sixty-four years. These, then, were also importations from the West. In fact, the Chinese themselves claim to have invaded China in the early days from the Northwest, and their first location is placed by Winchell near Lake Balkat, a short distance east of the Caspian, where we have already seen Aryan Atlantean colonies planted at an early day. Quote, the third successor of Fuhi, T, 
Tiku established schools and was the first to practice polygamy. In 2357, his son, Yao, ascended the throne, and it is from his reign that the regular historical records begin. A great flood which occurred in his reign has been considered synchronous and identical with the Noachic deluge, and to Yao is attributed the merit of having successfully battled against the waters. End quote. There can be no question that the Chinese themselves, in their early legends, connected their origin with a people who were destroyed by water in a tremendous convulsion of the earth. Associated with this event was a divine personage called Niuva. Noah? Sir William Jones says, quote, The Chinese believed the earth to have been wholly covered with water which in works of undisputed authenticity they describe as flowing abundantly then subsiding and separating the higher from the lower ages of mankind that this division of time from which their poetical history begins just preceded the appearance of fohi on the mountains of chin discourse on the chinese asiatic researches volume two page three seventy six the following history of this destruction of their ancestors vividly recalls to us the convulsion depicted in the chaldean and american legends Quote, the pillars of heaven were broken the earth shook to its very foundations the heavens sunk lower toward the north the sun the moon and the stars changed their motions the earth fell to pieces and the waters enclosed within its bosom burst forth with violence and overflowed it man having rebelled against heaven the system of the universe was totally disordered the sun was eclipsed the planets altered their course and the grand harmony of nature was disturbed End quote. A learned Frenchman, Monsieur Terrien de la Couperie, member of the Asiatic Society of Paris, has just published a work, 1880, in which he demonstrates the astonishing fact that the Chinese language is clearly related to the Chaldean, and that both the Chinese characters and the cuneiform alphabet are degenerate descendants of an original hieroglyphical alphabet the same signs exist for many words while numerous words are very much alike monsieur de la couperie gives a table of some of these similarities from which i quote as follows english to shine chinese moot chaldee mul english to die chinese moot chaldee meet english book chinese king chaldee kin english cloth chinese seek chaldee seek english right hand chinese zek chaldee zag english hero chinese tan chaldee dun english earth chinese kien kai chaldee kien gi english cow chinese lube 
Chaldi Lu or Loop English Brick Chinese Ku Chaldi Ku this surprising discovery brings the chinese civilization still nearer to the mediterranean headquarters of the races and increases the probability that the arts of china were of atlantean origin and that the name of nai huang ti or nai Korti, the founder of chinese civilization may be a reminiscence of nakunta the chief of the gods as recorded in the susian texts and this in turn a recollection of the deva nahusha of the hindus the dionysus of the greeks the king of atlantis whose great empire reached to the quote, farthest parts of india end quote, and embraced according to plato quote, parts of the continent of america end quote linguistic science achieved a great discovery when it established the fact that there was a continuous belt of languages from iceland to ceylon which were the variant forms of one mother tongue the indo-european but it must prepare itself for a still wider generalization there is abundant proof proof with which pages might be filled that there was a still older mother tongue from which aryan semitic and hamitic were all derived the language of noah the language of atlantis the language of the great quote, aggressive empire end quote, of plato the language of the empire of the titans the arabic word bin within becomes when it means interval space binnon this is the german and dutch binnen and saxon binnon signifying within the ethiopian word aurf to fall asleep is the root of the word morpheus the god of sleep the hebrew word chana to dwell is the parent of the anglo-saxon inna and icelandic inni a house and of our word in a hotel the hebrew word naval or nafal signifies to fall from it is derived our word fall and fool one who falls the chaldee word is nabal to make foul and the arabic word nebele means to die that is to fall and from the last syllable of the chaldee nasar to saw we can derive the latin serra the high german zagen the danish zauga and our word to saw the arabic nefide to fade is the same as the italian fado the latin fatus foolish tasteless the dutch vadden and r to fade the ethiopian word gaber to make to do and the arabic word jebera to make strong becomes the welsh word goberu to work to operate the latin operor and the english operate the arabic word abera we see this root in the welsh bar a summit and par a spear and per a spit whence our word spear in the chaldee syriac and arabic zug means to join to couple from this the greeks obtained zugos the romans yugum and we the word yoke while the germans obtained yok or yog 
the dutch yuk the swedes ok the sanskrit is juga the arabic sanna to be old reappears in the latin senex the welsh hen and r senile the hebrew bana to build is the irish bun foundation and the latin fundo fundare to found the arabic beroke to bend the knee to fall on the breast is probably the saxon brekau the danish brake the swedish braka the welsh bregu and our word to break the arabic beroke also signifies to rain violently and from this we get the saxon rain to rain dutch regen to rain kimbrick rekia rain welsh reg rain the chaldee word break a branch is the irish break or reich an arm the welsh break the latin brachium and the english brace something which supports like an arm the chaldee frac to rub to tread out grain is the same as the latin frico frio and our word rake the arabic word to rub is fraca the chaldee rag ragag means to desire to long for it is the same as the greek orego the latin borigere the saxon recken the icelandic rakna the german reichen and r to reach to rage the arabic rauka to strain or purify as wine is precisely our english word rack to rack wine the hebrew word bara to create is our word to bear as to bear children the great number of words in all the european languages contain this root in its various modifications the hebrew word kafar to cover is our word to cover and coffer something which covers and covert a secret place from this root also comes the latin coperio and the french couvrir to cover the arabic word shekele to bind under the belly is our word to shackle from the arabic welede and ethiopian weled to beget to bring forth we get the welsh hlaud or shooting out and hence our word lad our word matter or pus is from the arabic medde our word mature is originally from the chaldee mita the arabic word amide signifies to end and from this comes the noun a limit a termination latin meta and our words meet and meet i might continue this list but i have given enough to show that all the atlantean races once spoke the same language and that this dispersion on the plains of shinar signifies that breaking up of the tongues of one people under the operation of vast spaces of time philology is yet in its infancy and the time is not far distant when the identity of the languages of all the noachic races will be as clearly established and as universally acknowledged as is now the identity of the languages of the aryan family of nations and precisely as recent research has demonstrated the relationship between pekin and babylon so investigation in central america has proved 
that there is a mysterious bond of union connecting the chinese and one of the races of mexico the resemblances are so great that mr short north americans of antiquity page four nine four says quote, there is no doubt that strong analogies exist between the otomi and the chinese end quote. Senor Najera, Disertación sobre la lingua otomi, Mexico, pages 87-88, gives a list of words from which I quote the following. Chinese, cho. Otomi, to. English, the, that. Chinese, i. Otomi, ni. English, a wound. Chinese, ten. Otomi, gu, mu. English, head. Chinese, xiao, othomi, sui, English, night. Chinese, tian, othomi, tsi, English, tooth. Chinese, ye, othomi, yo, English, shining. Chinese, ki, othomi, he, ji, English, happiness. Chinese, ku, othomi, du, English, death. Chinese, po, othomi, yo, English, no. Chinese, na. Othomi, ta. English, man. Chinese, nin. Othomi, nsu. English, female. Chinese, tsu. Othomi, tsi, ti. English, son. Chinese, tso. Othomi, tsa. English, to perfect. Chinese, quan. Othomi, huani. English, true. Chinese xiao, othomi sa, English to mock. Chinese pa, othomi da, English to give. Chinese tsun, othomi nsu, English honor. Chinese hu, othomi mu, English sir, lord. Chinese na, othomi na, English that. Chinese hu, othomi he, English cold. Chinese ye, othomi he, English and Chinese hoa, othomi hia, English word Chinese nugo, othomi nga, English I Chinese ni, othomi nui, English thou Chinese hao, othomi nho, English the good Chinese ta, othomi da, English the great Chinese li, othomi ti, English gain Chinese ho, othomi to, English who Chinese pa, othomi pa, English to leave. Chinese mu, mo, othomi me, English mother. Recently, Herr Forchhammer of Leipzig has published a truly scientific comparison of the grammatical structure of the Choctaw, Chickasaw, Muscogee, and Seminole languages with the Ural Altaic tongues, in which he has developed many interesting points of resemblance. It has been the custom to ascribe the recognized similarities between the Indians of America and the Chinese and Japanese to a migration by way of Bering Strait from Asia into America. But when we find that the Chinese themselves only reached the Pacific coast within the historical period and that they came to it from the direction of the Mediterranean and Atlantis, and when we find so many and such distinct recollections of the destruction of Atlantis in the flood legends of the American races, 
it seems more reasonable to conclude that the resemblances between the Othomi and the Chinese are to be accounted for by intercourse through Atlantis. We find a confirmation in all these facts of the order in which Genesis names the sons of Noah. Quote, now these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and unto them were sons born after the flood. End quote. Can we not suppose that those three sons represent three great races in the order of their precedence? The record of Genesis claims that the Phoenicians were descended from Ham, while the Hebrews were descended from Shem. Yet we find the Hebrews and Phoenicians united by the ties of a common language, common traditions, and common race characteristics. The Jews are the great merchants of the world eighteen centuries after Christ, just as the Phoenicians were the great merchants of the world fifteen centuries before Christ. Moreover, the Arabians, who are popularly classified as Semites or sons of Shem, admit in their traditions that they are descended from Ad, the son of Ham, and the tenth chapter of Genesis classes them among the descendants of Ham, calling them Seba, Havilah, Rama, etc. If the two great so-called Semitic stocks, the Phoenicians and Arabians, are Hamites, surely the third member of the group belongs to the same sunburnt race if we concede that the jews were also a branch of the hamitic stock then we have firstly a semitic stock the turanian embracing the etruscans the finns the tartars the mongols the chinese and japanese secondly a hamitic family the sunburnt race a red race including the Cushites, Phoenicians, Egyptians, Hebrews, Berbers, etc., and thirdly, a Japhetic or wider stock, embracing the Greeks, Italians, Celts, Goths, and the men who wrote Sanskrit, in other words, the entire Aryan family. If we add to these three races, the Negro race, which cannot be traced back to Atlantis, and is not included, according to Genesis, among the descendants of noah we have the four races the white red yellow and black recognized by the egyptians as embracing all the people known to them there seems to be some confusion in genesis as to the semitic stock it classifies different races as both semites and hamites as for instance sheba and havilah while the race of mash or meshech is classed among the sons of shem and the sons of japheth in fact there seems to be a confusion of hamitic and semitic stocks Quote, this is shown in the blending of hamitic and semitic in some of the most ancient inscriptions in the facility of intercourse between the semites of asia and the hamites of egypt in the peaceful and unobserved absorption of all the asiatic hamites and the semitic adoption of the hamitic gods and religious system it is manifest that at a period not long previous the two families had dwelt together and spoken the same language End quote. winchell's pre-adamites page thirty six is it not more reasonable to suppose 
that the so-called semitic races of genesis were a mere division of the hamitic stock and that we are to look for the third great division of the sons of noah among the terranians francis lenormant high authority is of the opinion that the terranian races are descended from magog the son of japheth he regards the terranians as intermediate between the white and yellow races graduating insensibly into each Quote, the uzbeks the osmanli turks and the hungarians are not to be distinguished in appearance from the most perfect branches of the white race on the other hand the chondes almost exactly resemble the tonguses who belong to the yellow race End quote. the terranian languages are marked by the same agglutinative character found in the american races the mongolian and the indian are alike in the absence of a heavy beard the royal color of the incas was yellow yellow is the color of the imperial family in china the religion of the peruvians was sun worship Quote, the sun was the peculiar god of the mongols from the earliest times End quote. the peruvians regarded pachacamac as the sovereign creator Kamakya was the name of a hindu goddess haili was the burden of every verse of the song composed in praise of the sun and the incas mr john ranking derives the word allah from the word haili also the word hallelujah in the city of cuzco was a portion of land which none were permitted to cultivate except those of the royal blood at certain seasons the incas turned up the sod here amid much rejoicing and many ceremonies a similar custom prevails in china the emperor ploughs a few furrows and twelve illustrious persons attend the plough after him dualde empire of china volume one page two seventy five the cycle of sixty years was in use among most of the nations of eastern asia and among the muiscas of the elevated plains of bogota the kipu quote, a knotted reckoning cord was in use in peru and in china end quote. bancroft's native races volume five page forty eight in peru and china quote, both use hieroglyphics which are read from above downward end quote, ibid quote, it appears most evident to me says humboldt that the monuments methods of computing time systems of cosmogony and many myths of america offer striking analogies with the ideas of eastern asia analogies which indicate an ancient communication and are not simply the result of that uniform condition in which all nations are found in the dawn of civilization End quote. exam crit tom two page sixty eight quote, in the ruined cities of cambodia which lies farther to the east of burma recent research has discovered teocallis like those in mexico and the remains of temples of the same type and pattern as those of yucatan and when we reach the sea we encounter at suku in java a teocalli which is absolutely identical with that of tehuantepec mr ferguson said 
as we advance eastward from the valley of the euphrates at every step we meet with forms of art becoming more and more like those of central asia End quote. builders of babel page eighty eight prescott says quote, the coincidences are sufficiently strong to authorize a belief that the civilization of anawak was in some degree influenced by that of eastern asia and secondly that the discrepancies are such as to carry back the communication to a very remote period End quote. mexico volume three page four eighteen quote, all appearances continues lenormand ancient history of the east volume one page sixty four would lead us to regard the Turanian race as the first branch of the family of japheth which went forth into the world and by that premature separation by an isolated and antagonistic existence took or rather preserved a completely distinct physiognomy it is a type of the white race imperfectly developed End quote. we may regard this yellow race as the first and oldest wave from atlantis and therefore reaching farthest away from the common source then came the hamitic race then the japhetic end of chapter eight end of section forty one